So let me encourage you this morning to find your sermon notes. You can follow along as we go, fill in the blanks if you like. Most importantly, to live the message this week. So let's begin with this. Very first line, you can fill this in. Abram was a remarkable man. So turn to the person next to you and say, Abram was a remarkable man. Can you do that? So how remarkable was he? Well, he lived to be 175 years old. Do you know anyone that's lived that long? Probably not. Some of you feel that old after shoveling snow maybe this morning. 175. It's also remarkable that he had a child when he was 100. That's remarkable that he even wanted to at that age, right? 100 years old. It's remarkable that at the age of 75, he left everything behind, his family, his country, most of his possessions, went with his nephew Lot to a new land. But I think the most important remarkable thing is that Abram was willing to believe God. He believed the promise that one day he would have so many children, so many descendants, that there would be a great nation that would be formed through him. He believed the promise of God, even though he had no tangible evidence whatsoever. How many children did Abram have when he left Haran for the land of Canaan? Zero. He has no children, and yet God says you're going to have so many that it'll be more than the stars in the sky and the sand on the seashore. Now, I understand that Abram probably understood the blessings of becoming a great nation, even though he didn't yet have any children. I think that he probably understood that everyone that he would bless would be blessed, and anyone that he would curse would be cursed. Think about that. Anybody after yesterday's college football schedule want to curse anybody else? Several of you I know, some in my own family, want to do that. Maybe today, after the NFL schedule, you want to do that as well. But it wasn't all just rosiness for Abram. In spite of all of these promises, he's leaving the security of the life that he knew. How many of you at the age of 75 enjoying retirement? Maybe a cruise every now and then. You know, maybe a, a late night stroll through suburbia with Sarah I, your spouse. You know, maybe a golf three times a week. Abram gets none of that. He's going to be traveling. He's going to be reestablishing his life. But I truly wonder if Abram really caught the larger vision. Not just the blessings and the curses, not just the great nation, but the very end there of the promise in Genesis 12, where it says, in all peoples on earth, all people, Every single one will be blessed through you. Because of you and what I'm going to do in your life, the entire world will be blessed. And this is not just the master vision for Abram, but it's been that way from the very beginning with God's people. God's overall plan has always been to choose some to bless everyone else, to bless the world. So let's begin with Adam and Eve. Think back in your mind, Genesis chapter 1. Everything is great. 
And then God gives this blessing or this, this benediction. He says that Adam and Eve are to multiply and they are to replenish the earth, fill it, and subdue everything. Now, it's not just children. But God says you are to take care of everything. Everything that's in this garden and later on everything that is in the world, you are to take care of. You're to be a steward of all things. Now, in the beginning, that may be difficult, but it became even more difficult after the curse. And so now the ground is cursed after the sin, and it's no longer going to be as bountiful. There will be thorns and thistles and weeds and insects and drought and floods and hurricanes and on and on, all of these disasters. And not only that, but pain, pain in childbirth, pain in human relations, pain and suffering that eventually leads to death. And then, imagine the pain of your children, uh, Cain and Abel, who are fighting against each other, and not like the, the little spats that we have among siblings today, but it led to murder. Cain kills Abel, and, and then he is cursed. And so relations between human beings become more and more strained. And they fall away from God and they begin to worship false gods and idols. So much so that they decide at one time to build a great tower, the Tower of Babel, so that they might be glorified. In fact, so that they might be called God. And so the true God then scatters them over the face of the earth as corrupt and selfish people. And yet God is true to his blessing and he looks down at all of his people. And in spite of their selfishness and their corruption, in spite of their sin, he looks at them with love in his heart. And he wants to bless them. And so he chooses one person. Just as he had chosen Adam to begin this love affair with humanity. He now chooses another one to redeem all people, to bless the world once again. And that has been God's plan from the very beginning. Not just to make someone great, not just for Abram to have an heir, not just for Abram to, to claim a territory for his people, but so that the entire world could be blessed. And just as God gave that charge to Abraham and then to the nation of Israel, he then raised up a king, Jesus, the Savior of the world, the king of Israel. And, and through him, God said that not only your people, Israel, would be glorified, but all people, the Gentiles, the Greeks, every nation on earth, they too are going to see the light, the love of God that came through his son. And then today that, that same charge goes to us, just as it did to Abraham and Isaac and Jacob 
then Joseph, and then to Moses, and the nation of Israel. And then Jesus came to fulfill the promise to die on the cross so that all people, everyone, could believe in him and have a relationship with the Father forever. Again, he has chosen a group of people, and we call it the church. You and me and, and all believers in Jesus. And he has told us that we are to bless the world through what we do for them, that we aren't to take care of just the, of the, the prosperous and the worthy, but also the, the poor and the vulnerable. And not just for this life, but for all of eternity as we, we make disciples, as we preach the good news of Jesus himself. So that charge has now been passed to us. So how many of you enjoyed Thanksgiving? Take a little break here from the sermon. Uh, good, you enjoyed it. So what, what was so nice about Thanksgiving? Was, was there good food? Anybody? Raise your hand. Good food. All right. Uh, what about the company that you had? Good people? Yeah, okay. Some of you are a little hesitant. All right, a little hesitant. Okay, good. Did anybody travel? Anybody travel? All right. Did anybody have people come from far away to your place? And that's always a blessing as well. All right. So we had, we had the bounty of food. We, we, we had friends and family members. Anybody uh, watch any football? Some of you did that. That could be a blessing as well. How many of you had a, had a warm home? Anybody have a warm home? I, nobody froze to death watching? No? Good, good. How about this morning? Did anybody have a car in order to get to church? Anybody? No? Good. Uh, anybody have a garage to keep your, your car in? Very good. How about closets this morning to decide what you're going to wear? You know, Pastor James and I decided this morning that our Sunday wardrobe selection is very easy. Black or gray, usually. We have all these things, don't we? A tremendous bounty. As the people of God, we are to claim them. We don't need to ignore them. We don't have to give away everything that we have. And yet, God is giving us the very same message that he gave to Abram from the very beginning. But you have been chosen not, not just to receive his blessings for ourselves. Well, certainly enjoy them, enjoy the bounty, enjoy the blessing. Count them, especially on, on those days when you are feeling a little down, a little discouraged, and you feel like God may not care. Count them, but then, hear them. That's God's master from the very beginning that he has chosen some to bless the wrath. So I want to tell you a little story this morning about how you might do that, about how someone else used their blessings and their gifts to bless someone else. So her name was Miss Jean Thompson. She was a fifth grade teacher. At the very beginning of the year, she always did the very same thing. She would look at her children, all the class out there, and she would vow to herself that she would love them all. She would treat them all alike. And it was a lie. <laughs> because there were some kids that she didn't like quite so much. In fact, this particular year, 
she had a student by the name of Teddy. His name was Teddy Stoddard. And she really didn't like him that much because he was, well, he was a rather sullen child, a, a quiet child. But whenever he did talk, it was usually in a, in a mean and an angry way. Plus, he didn't smell very good. He, he was always unkempt, and he needed a bath. He also made a lot of mistakes. He didn't put a lot of effort into his homework or into his tests. And so often he would simply just put whatever answer came to mind, not taking any time at all to understand if it was correct. And so she actually got pleasure in taking out her big red marker and putting X's over the wrong answer. And oftentimes when she edited it all up, there would be a big fat F at the top of the paper. Well, in her school, like most schools, she did what we usually do, and she reviewed, when it came time for a report card, the record from the years before. Now, she had looked at all the other students, and she was putting off Teddy to the last. She was kind of dreading it, but finally she went through his records as well. And this is what it said. She opened the file, and she, she was in for a surprise. His first grade teacher wrote, Teddy is a bright, inquisitive child with a ready laugh. He does his work neatly and has good manners. He is a joy to be around. And then his second grade teacher wrote, Teddy is an excellent student, well-liked by his classmates. But he's troubled because his mother has a terminal illness. And life at home must be a struggle. His third grade teacher went on to write, Teddy continues to work hard, but his mother's death was hard on him. He tries to do his best, but his father doesn't show much interest, and his home life will soon affect him if some steps aren't taken. And then the fourth grade teacher wrote, Teddy is withdrawn and doesn't show much interest in school. He doesn't have many friends and sometimes sleeps in class. He's often tardy and can become a real challenge. Miss Thompson knew that she had to do something, that she, she had to be a blessing to Teddy. But she didn't know how she was going to do it, how she would find the time, because, well, the school was getting toward the end of the semester, and about all she had time for was to get the class ready for the annual Christmas play. Then one day she had to. It was that very last day before Christmas vacation, the day when all the classes have their parties and they all give their teacher a Christmas present. And so all the children brought theirs forward and they were wrapped neatly with bright ribbons and colorful paper, all except, of course, Teddy. There was a brown paper bag stained and soiled. It looked like it was cut out of a grocery bag, clumsily taped together. But Miss Thompson carefully opened the package. And then even as all the rest of the children began to laugh because it was a, a rhinestone bracelet with half the stones missing, she commented on how pretty it was. And then there was this little bottle of cologne. It was only about a quarter full. And she dabbed some of that and put it on her other wrist. 
after class was over that day and all the children were going home, Teddy came by. And he talked to Miss Thompson, and he said, Miss Thompson, you smell just like my mother used to. And Miss Thompson cried for about an hour before she went home. And she vowed that day that she wasn't just going to teach reading and writing and arithmetic. She would teach children. And she would take more of an interest in Teddy. And she would encourage him. And she discovered that in the new year that Teddy brightened up. And he became more interested and more animated. And his manners improved. And he engaged more with the other children. And he began to learn. And in fact, she discovered that he was really, really smart. One of the smartest kids in the class. About a year passed, and there was a note under Miss Thompson's door. And it was from Teddy, and it said, You know, in all my years of elementary school, Miss Thompson, you are my favorite teacher. Well, it's about six years passed, and then there was another note. And again, it was from Teddy, and, and again he said, Miss Thompson, now that I've graduated third in my class in high school, you're still my favorite teacher. And then four more years passed. And the note said, it's been hard, a real challenge, but I've applied myself. And I've graduated from college with honors. In fact, I graduated summa cum laude. And yes, Miss Thompson, you're still my favorite teacher. And then four more years passed, and there was another note. And this one said, Miss Thompson, you're still my favorite teacher. But my name is now longer than it was before. And he signed it Theodore F. Stoddard, medical doctor. Pretty good story, don't you think? But it's not done. Later on that spring, there was a final letter. And it said, Miss Thompson, I met a girl, and we're going to get married. My father died a few years ago. He was in really bad health. And I'm just wondering, well, if, if maybe you would be the one to sit there in the seat of honor as the mother of the groom. Now, what do you think? Do you think Miss Thompson actually wore that rhinestone bracelet on the day of Teddy's wedding? I don't know if she did or not, but I will bet, I will guarantee that she wore that cologne and that she smelled exactly like she did so many years before on that last day of Christmas vacation. My friends, you never know the impact that you will make on anyone's life. When you use your blessings not only for yourself, but to become a blessing to someone else. So many centuries ago, there was an old man by the name of Abram, and God had called him to be a special and unique person.
And he left everything behind, his family, his country, most of his possessions. And he went on to see a new frontier. He went on a journey, and all he had was God's promise that he would take care of him, not even a compass to guide him. And yet God blessed him with a great nation. And that nation then produced the Savior of the world. And through that Savior, there has become a people. People like you and me, who are here not just to amass blessings for ourselves, to be, but to be that pathway, to be that conduit of blessings for others, to bless them in this life, but to bless them through all of eternity as well, as we share not only the good news, but the love of our God, our Heavenly Father, and His Son, Jesus Christ, with whomever He puts in our path. There is no doubt that we are all blessed as a people. I simply pray that we will continue to learn to be a blessing to others. Amen? Amen. Let's all rise.